Going my way. It's a season of. I don't remember the rest of the words. But it's a good season, amen. Amen. Matter of fact, you, you, ought to, you ought to Google it. It's Israel Houghton. It's a new season. It's a beautiful. Don't do it now. We're in church. Later, just Google that. Man, that, listen, I, I've got a word from God for you today. And I don't, man, I'm telling you, this is for a lot of people. And I just, I, I, I want you to get ready because we're about to get our mountain. And uh, the Lord, the phrase that the Lord gave me for where we were back in January, and it's, and it's true now. You see the banner out there, stay the course. Everybody say, stay the course. Stay the course. Why? Because we are, we are following after what God is saying to do, and God is going to do it. I really believe that. Here's where I am. Here's what God has been doing in me in the last four and a half years. He's been stripping every bit of self-sufficiency out of me. He's been stripping me of uh, things that I've done in the past that worked or whatever, and it's that nothing works. And, and he's been stripping me in every part of my life until now I, I, I can truly say, stand before you, I'm totally dependent on God. I, I'm in a place where I'm like, man, I've tried it all and none of it works. So we just need you, God. Amen? So that's a good place to be. That's what he's been doing with Bridge of Hope Church, folks, is what God's about to do is going to be awesome and amazing and we're going to sit back and all of us are going to say, look what the Lord has done. Amen. And when someone says, well, how'd it happen? We're going to have a one word answer. God. <laughs> how'd the walls fall? God. How'd the Red Sea split? God. How'd the Jordan stand at attention? God. How'd you leave Egypt? God. How'd you do anything? God. How are you breathing right now? God. How's anything happening in your life? How are you healed? How are you here? How are you saved? God. How are you anything? Woo! Say God. God. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in this series, Winning Your War. Everybody say, Winning Your War. You know, when I developed this series and got it ready, you, Russia had not invaded Ukraine yet, so I didn't copy from that. And, uh, uh, certainly not an allusion to that, but I want to tell you there is a war that's going on for our, our families, for our health, for our church, for our communities, and we've got to fight. Someone say amen. amen. So watch this. This message, again, we're going to be in Judges and Joshua, and if you're in Judges, we're just going to be, if you've got your little notebooks and your compass, you get your notebooks out and just, as you see a scripture that speaks to you, just write it down. As a phrase comes to you, just write it down. As anything the Lord speaks to you today, just write it down on your notebook pads that we gave you. And I think we still have some. Do we still have some out in the lobby maybe? Uh, we're, we're not sure. But we'll have some more notebooks for you next week. Because I'm going to be in this series a while. We do have them. We do still have the notebooks. Amen. So if you, uh, if, we'll get you one at the end of the service if you haven't received one yet. Because I want you to be able to write down and go back to it. I want you to be able to read what... God speaks to you. So the title of this message today is, Give Me This Mountain. I want you to say that with me. Say, Give Me, Give me This Mountain. Man, we're going somewhere today. All right, stand to your feet if you will, and let's go to Judges chapter 1, verse 11 through 15. Again, we've started in Judges 1, well, we actually started in Joshua, and now we're going to kind of, verse by verse, going to be going through Judges for a while. Flipping back to Joshua and intermingling them and figuring out how to win our 
war. Judges 1, 11 through 15. It says, then from there he went against the inhabitants of Debir. Now the name of Debir formerly was Kiriath-Sephir. And Caleb said, the one who attacks Kiriath-Sephir and captures it, I will even give him my daughter Aksal for a wife. Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, captured it. So he gave him his daughter Aksal for a wife. Then it came about when she came to him that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. Then she alighted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Give me a blessing, since you have given me the land of the Negev. Give me also springs of water. So Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Notice that the generation who is taking mountains and walking with God are blessing the generation to follow. That's where God is taking us, folks. And I've got several messages in this book of Judges that I'm going to hit where it's in fact that transferring the, the treasure that we have in God and the kingdom of God to the next generation. Notice Caleb does that. Then in Judges chapter 1, verse 20, watch this now. Then they gave, everybody say they gave, Hebron to Caleb, as Moses had promised, and he, watch this, drove out. Everybody say he drove out. From there, the three sons of Anak, or the three giants. I, I want you to know this. Everything God gives you, there is always giants occupying what's yours. Here you go, it's yours, but you got to drive them out. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your presence. I thank you for what you're even going to do in the altar call. I thank you for the glory of God in this house. And I pray for the next few moments you anoint me. God, speak through me. God, I pray that the word fall in the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. I pray, Father God, anoint me to preach your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hold your Bibles up and let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen. High five somebody as you're being seated and say, give me this mountain. I've heard it said, aim for the stars, and if you land among the moon, you'll still be on higher ground. Isn't that the fact? You aim for something high. If you don't reach that, at least you got a little higher. I believe one tragedy in life is that so many people are so easily satisfied with where they are that they lose the opportunity to receive their promises from God. When they face mountains, some people find it irresistibly easier to settle for less than to believe God and fight for their mountain. When I was going through my induction in, in my frat in college, and it was not easy what they made you go through, they taught us a poem that I'm going to put up for you that when you wanted to quit, you'd keep fighting. And it goes like this, when I face a mountain, when I face a mountain, I will not quit. I will try to climb over it or find a way around it or tunnel underneath or perhaps stay just where I am and turn it into a gold mine with God's helping hand. If I had a dollar for every time I said that that week, man, I'd be a rich man right now. Amen. 
I'm telling you, there comes a point in time where you just have to face that mountain and say, man, in the name of Jesus, it's moving. But I'm not quitting. I'll find a way around it. I'll tell them whatever. I'll stay where I'm at and turn into a gold, a gold mine with God's helping hand. But I will not quit. Man, somebody say amen. Now, that doesn't mean you don't go through seasons where you feel like quitting. It doesn't mean you go through seasons where you want to hang up the towel, where you believe and believe and nothing happens. But what it means is that you just keep getting up, keep dusting the pants off, and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Man, somebody shout amen. amen. This text involves one of my favorite people in the entire Bible. It is a man who believed God to take his mountain. He's a man named Caleb who at this time is 85 years old. You are never too old to take your mountain. Israel had crossed over and there remained some land yet to be claimed. So again, I'm going to go back and forth between Joshua and Judges and paint a picture for you here with Caleb. Everybody shout Caleb. I love this. Joshua 14.6. Then the sons of Judah drew near. It's on the LED screen behind me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I, I, he can't, I feel like the guy in Aladdin. You know, he can't be taught. Amen. <laughs> then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Yephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. In other words, 40 years has gone by. They have wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And when they finally get to the place where land is going to be dispersed, Caleb comes up and he says, Hey, Joshua, you remember what God said to me and you. And you're about to find out he's going to say, I want my, I want my land. Now listen, he started out in Egypt. I want you to think about the things this man saw. He started out in Egypt at the age of 45. All he's known for 45 years is slavery, being beaten, being abused, terrible life, you name it. He is there and he witnesses. I'm 47, so I'm close to the same age he would have been when the children of Israel left Egypt. 45 years old, all of a sudden this guy Moses shows up. Who He was five when he left. He has no idea who Moses is. Shows back up and says, God's clearing us out of this old world. He's taking us to himself. And he witnesses all the plagues of Egypt, even to the death. I mean, think of the things he saw with the ten plagues. Then they looted the Egyptians, and they marched out, and they got to a Red Sea. Listen, Caleb remembered very well what it was like to walk on dry ground with a wall of water on the right and a wall of water on the left and see fish swimming and walking through and saying, I can't believe what I'm seeing. He saw what it was like to see the Egyptians drown, the enemy never to be dealt with them again. He saw what it was like. He knew the miracles that when they got and they had no water for water to come out of a rock and, and, and give water for millions of people. He saw miracle after miracle after miracle. He was sent out as one of the 12 spies. He obviously was very well respected as he was chosen from his tribe to go out and spy the land. He comes back and he says, man, there's grapes so big we got to carry them between two men. That's some big grapes. He says, you ain't going to believe how awesome this land is. And he's excited at the age of 45. We're going to take our land. Egypt's in the rearview mirror. We're pushing forward. Somebody say amen. Yeah. I'm getting excited just thinking about this. And then, and then the ten spies come with a terrible report. 
And Caleb says, no, 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 don't, don't do this. We can take the land. We can take the land. Well, God has enough. And you know the story. He says, well, he says, you spied the land for 40 days. I'm going to give you a year for every day that you went on your own and didn't believe me. And everybody in this generation is going to die except for Joshua and Caleb. Can you imagine if you are Caleb that you now have to wander in the wilderness of 40 years watching everybody die because of their mistakes and not yours? 40 years. Well, finally now, they have crossed the Jordan River. They are into the promised land. And for five years at this point in the story, they have been fighting in the land. So Caleb went from age 40, excuse me, he wasn't 45, he was 40, till now he's 85 years. So 45 years has passed. And he looks at Joshua and he says, God said I was going to get some land. Look what Deuteronomy says in 135, 36. Surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land of which I swore to give your fathers, God speaking, and right after they blew it with the spies, except Caleb, the son of Yefuna, he shall see it. And to him and his children, I am giving the land on which he walked because he wholly followed the Lord. What he's doing here in Joshua 14, 6 and in Judges, he is reminding Joshua, hey, don't you forget what God said to me 45 years ago. Here's a man that held on to a promise from God with everything he had for 45 years. I find it difficult at times to hold on to 45 days. Sometimes when God speaks to me, I find it difficult to hang on for 45 minutes. Is anybody honest enough to say that you... 45 years, he watched one barrel after another. I researched it one time. I forget what it was, but it was like... An insane amount of funerals. It would have been like 60 people a day dying. Can you imagine 60 funerals a day, every day in the desert for 40 years until they buried that generation? It was an unbelievable number. So in Joshua 14, 7, I'm painting a a, a foundation because I'm going somewhere with this. He says, Joshua, I was 40 years old. I said 45 earlier. I got mixed up with the 45 being how much longer, how long he had been wandering in the wilderness in five years fighting for the promised land. So he said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. That's where true faith is born. That is where true bravery comes from. It is not knowing the scriptures in your mind. It is not knowing what God said in your mind or your intellect, but rather deep down in your heart. When you get a word from God in your heart, when the seed of God's word is exploding in your heart, it'll move you to believe God. It'll wake you up in the night and say, God, you put this in my heart. God, you said to me, God, I'm reminding you about my kids. God, I'm reminding you about what you said. I will not quit or give up. I want my mountain. Listen. When it's in your heart like it was Caleb's, that's when the impossible becomes possible. That's when you see God do God-sized miracles and you say, wow, I didn't think this marriage could survive. Wow, I didn't think little Johnny would get saved. Wow, I didn't think we'd ever get our hopes. I'm telling you, when it gets deep down in your heart, the heart is the seat of passion. It is the emotions. It is the inner man. It is the soul. It is who you are. When that gets down, 
down inside of you, man, you won't give up on God. You'll hang in there when everybody else quits. When everybody else says, oh, we can't do it, you'll be the one to stand up and say, yes, we can. Is it in your heart to believe God? Is it in your heart to believe God for your miracle? For your healing? To rescue your marriage? To restore your broken relationship? To give you breakthrough? To be free of that addiction? What is in your heart? Belief in God or doubt? Joshua 14.8 says it this way. Nevertheless, my brethren, Caleb speaking, who went up with me 45 years earlier, made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. The other spies... Man, they melt. Everybody's heart melted at what they had to say. But Caleb said, I've ignored the majority because God put something in my heart. And I ain't giving it up and I'm not quitting on it. Holy follow the Lord. Look what holy means. To fill, to be full, fully, or consecrate. In other words, Caleb was all in. Caleb said, everything in me is following the Lord. Even in the 40 years of the wilderness, every ounce of who I am is going to serve God. That means I don't care, come, 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 whatever tragedy may be, I am going all in with God. This was a man that didn't just show up one Sunday, you didn't see him for the next six Sundays. This wasn't a man that showed up once every 13 weeks for small group. Uh uh-uh. uh. This was a man that said, buddy, I I am all in. You can't drive me from the presence of God, and I don't care if nobody else worships. I'll run across this aisle like Thelma did. I'll dance up here like Mindy did. I'll jump up and down like Clayton did. My God is great, and I'm going to wholly go after him. Man, there's enough halfway people out there. There's enough half, halfway church people out there, man. It's time God is saying, when will you get all in? When will you get in the river and say, I'm all in. Everything I've got, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to pray to him. I'm going to follow his word. I'm going to act like him. I'm going to believe him. With everything i got, I am yours, Lord. Woo, somebody shout Glory. So Joshua 14, 9. I, mean, I just love this, Caleb. He says, so Moses swore on that day. I love this. Saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Did you know going all in with God? Did you know believing in with everything you got will affect your future generations? Do you see this? He says, your inheritance is your children's forever. Watch. Because you have holy... With everything you got followed the Lord my God. It was confirmed by an oath. Listen, when you face trials and struggles and disappointments and discouragement, a word of promise will keep you going. Do you know how many times Caleb probably got up and thought, oh, I don't know if I can do this another day. But then he would remember the word of promise and say, oh, uh-uh, I got a promise. And I ain't letting it go. When your family members have gone crazy... It'll be a word of promise that'll keep you going. When the doctor says, it ain't good, you better get your house in order. It's a word of promise in the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, it's the book for me that'll keep you going. 
Man, when you get regular bad news presenting itself like Job, it's a word of promise that will keep you going. When you get let down time after time, when you think maybe there's a little ounce of hope for a building, guess what? There's a word of promise in our hand. And I'm telling you with all my heart, there is a Rehoboth that we will have, we do have, we will obtain, we will occupy, we will walk into, we will have it, it is ours! Woo! Somebody shout, give me this mountain! Caleb knew the promise. It was in his heart to receive it. He didn't care what others had to say. He didn't care what others were doing. He didn't care what they did. He said, I got a promise. If you don't think that wasn't in his heart for 45 years, then why did he look at Joshua and say, hey, you remember, bucko. I could see his fingers shaking. There was something about him. I could just see it in him. You remember what Moses said. You may have forgot, but I didn't. I want my mountain. Then I would to God that those in Christendom would rise up and say, God, give me my mountain. Give me my promise. Joshua 14, 10, watch this. Now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years. From the time the Lord spoke this word to Moses, there's the promise, when Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I am 85 years old today. Listen, he combined past, present, and future faith to rely for his mountain. He had past faith to glean from. If you're going to win your war, you've got to go back, and I do, and remember the past faithfulness of God. How many of you, by showing of hands, can say, God has been faithful to me in the past? You know what he's saying right here? He's saying, listen, Joshua. Listen up, bud. I got a promise. I remember what God said through Moses. I love this. And he said, I'm going to walk in it. See, see point number one is this. Draw from the past faithfulness of God. Say that with me. Say, draw from the past faithfulness of God. He says, God has kept me alive these 45 years. God always keeps his word with his people. Listen, it would have been impossible for Caleb to die in the last 45 years because God said, you got a promise and you're not dying until you get it. That's life security right there. That's the kind of deal where you call the insurance man and say, hey, cancel the insurance policy because I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. You know, years ago, I saw Holly over a, a wheel of a car. I felt awful in my spirit. I prayed, prayed, prayed for an hour. God, protect, protect, protect. And, and, and of course, God did. But I want to tell you, it wasn't when she got home that I felt better. After an hour of an intense, intense prayer the Lord spoke to me and said she honored her father and mother her days on earth will be long instant peace hit me I was fine she got home she said man I was sleepy I was singing the song Lord have mercy and we talked about I told her what what I said and then you know what I did after a couple days I said well why am I paying life insurance on her she ain't going nowhere (laughs) I did that I called the life insurance guy I said cancel it 
He said, why would you do that? I said, because the Lord said she honored her mother and father and her days on earth will be long. We don't need it. Thank you, I'll save my money every month. Click. That's exactly what we did. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen, Numbers 23, 19, Haley quoted it today. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Let me say it again. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Has God ever told you something and it didn't happen? Has God been faithful in the past? Then you need to pull from the past to believe for today. Somebody say amen. It's that word of promise that kept him alive. Think about it. 45 years believing for a promise. All the murmuring and the grumbling of everybody around him, he was still holding on. All the funeral services, he was still holding on. All them dropping like flies in the wilderness, it didn't matter. As he's getting older and in age, 80, uh, 79 years old, we ain't crossed the Jordan ever. He is still holding on to his promise. He would not give in. He is now 85 years old and this is what he does he says hey Joshua listen I don't believe he went in there and said hey Joshua um, you know hey don't forget about what Moses said uh uh-uh. I believe he marched in there into the dude's tent and said Joshua you remember you and I were the only ones I want my mountain listen I believe he had an attitude about it not an arrogant attitude but an attitude that says I've been carrying this promise for 45 years and I'm ready to see it fulfilled somebody say amen he's got a tenacity about it I believe he walked in there with some tenacity and some tenaciousness and said give me what's mine what about you are you dogmatic about what God has promised you have you let the devil talk you down from believing God with everything you've got Are you tenacious about God's promises for your life? Will you refuse to give up this mountain? For Caleb, it was his land. What's this mountain to you? This mountain, your children and descendants saved. This mountain, your healing miracle. This mountain, your breakthrough. This mountain, your freedom from addictions or pornography or other things. This mountain, debt-free, house paid for, don't owe nobody nothing. This mountain, our Rehoboth. What is this mountain to you? Caleb never fell victim to this will do-itis. You know, well, I guess this will do. How many have ever fallen for the, uh, well, this will do. Maybe not in the kingdom of God, but in life. He wrote, well, I guess this will do. Right? So you, you say, hey, where do you want to eat dinner? And someone says, so-and-so. And you say, well, okay, that'll do. Right? Caleb never fell to that when it came to the promises of God. In the previous 40 years, he had seen it all and been through it all. He could have easily been content to settle for anything. Well, God, at this point, I'll take a shack somewhere. And the temptation will be... Well, Pastor, we've been out in this wilderness for a while. Just take something. I've been tempted. We got offered a building. I tried in my mind to make it work the best I can. It had one men's toilet in the whole building and one women's toilet in the whole building. You talk about some mad ladies in church. 
Let there be a line for the toilets in church and we're all dead meat. Now, I mean, I know what I'm talking about. It was so small, I couldn't put all of us in in one service. We'd have had to start with two, maybe three services. We'd have had to figure out how to do a kid's church and there wouldn't have been no room for a nursery. In other words, I thought, well, that'd be a spot, but man, that would not be the spot God has for us. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not being picky. I'm not being, uh-uh. Until we know, all of us will know. Not just me. We will all as a congregation know. That's it. And when we know it, we're not giving up until we get what God has for us. Now, if it's small, okay, I'm good with that. But we will know what it is that God has for us. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Caleb could have walked in and he said, well, you know, Joshua, we've been through some tough times here, man. Me and you, we haven't seen it all, man. Just, I don't know, man. Just give me the corner somewhere. I, I don't know. You know. He walked in there and he said, hey, 45 years we've been marching around. You do what you want, Joshua. I want my mountain. God said it through Moses, and I ain't giving up on it. Man, does anybody feel this in your spirit? I want my promise. There are resting places for certain seasons, but there are no permanent stopping places. Joshua 14, 11 says it this way. I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and going out and coming in. So in other words, Caleb is saying, hey, listen, I am drawing from the past faithfulness of God, but the same God that did it then, guess what? He'll do it right now. Does anybody believe that? Somebody say, he'll do it today. And we've got to believe for today if we're going to win our war. And that's point number two. Believe God for the present. He said, I'm as strong today as I was 45 years ago when Moses promised me. Ultimately God. His mind, his judgment, his mental faculties, his strength, he's robust. He is ready to take his mountain. He's saying basically God's been good to me, Joshua. He's enabled me to remain strong. He has enabled me to have the good mental faculties. I am totally ready. So now that we're in the promised land, I am ready to walk in my promise. Man, is anybody catching this? God always gives us what we need to accomplish what he's called us to do. Let me say it again. God always gives us what we need to accomplish what he's called us to do. God always gives us what we need to walk in the promise in which God has given given us. Woo! Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Watch what he says in Joshua 14, 12. Now therefore, in other words, he's setting him up. I love this. Now therefore, Joshua, you've heard about it. I reminded you all that other stuff. We ain't talking about the past no more. Now therefore, not tomorrow, not next year, not 2030 maybe. Uh-uh. He says, now therefore, Give me this mountain. I believe God is waiting for some of us to not at anger at God, but with a tenacious faith say, God, give me my mountain. He says, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in the day, for you heard in the day how the Anakim were there, the giants. He's recognizing, I know my land's got giants in it. And that the cities were great and fortified. You heard about all that. I ain't worried about that. It may be that the Lord will be with me. And I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord has said. 
He remembered the past faithfulness of God to believe for the right now would set him up for the future. Point number three, if you're going to win your war, number three, everybody say number three, trust God for the future. Oh, I love this. Give me this mountain. Listen, Joshua and the children of Israel, they're divvying up land. You've probably never seen such politicking in all your life. Everybody there with a handout. Give me, give me, lend me spare. I ain't got no underwear. Come on, give me my land. Give me my land. Give me my land. I want me, 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 me. Everybody's politicking. Everybody's hollering. Can you imagine Joshua? That'd be like a, a whole nation coming to the United States and everybody at one time. Give me my land. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Suddenly, Caleb, Caleb speaks out. 45 years of frustration. 45 years of holding a promise and not seeing it fulfilled. 45 years and the children of Israel are well acquainted with his voice. Just as he stilled and quieted the people back when the spies were out, I believe he stills and quiets. Hey! Hey, shh, shh. Caleb's speaking. And I could see maybe tears well up in his face. And his breathing gets a little heavier. And his face contorts. And he looks at Joshua. And he looks to all the rest of the Israel. Maybe his face starts to get red. Maybe he starts to shake. And he says, give me this mountain. I don't care that there are giants there. I don't care that it's fortified. Y'all do whatever you all want to do. You give me what's mine. I would to God that some of us would rise up today and say, God, give me my mountain. God, I'm not giving in. I will not let the devil take my family. I will not let him take my children. I will not let him take my health. And he will not leave us in the wilderness in our church forever. I want my mountain. In other words, you know what he says? He says, listen. He said, give me my mountain. He said, don't worry. The Lord will be with me. I'll drive him out. In other words, don't do me any favors, Joshua. You don't need to do me any favors. Don't treat me as incompetent. I'm not looking for an easy way. You give me my mountain. The very mountain that the spies were on 45 years ago. He never lost that mental picture of where he was going. He never lost the promise of God in his hand. He said, give me my mountain. Boy, I love that. Have you ever heard the phrase, okay, you want it, you got it. You know, you're asking for trouble. <laughs> Caleb, big boy, you want it? That's fine, but there's some giants over there. Those are some big dudes. We don't mess with those guys. They're bigger than us. Remember, we're grasshoppers in their sight. Caleb literally was asking for the land of the giants. They were ruthless to deal with. They were terrifying. But listen, Caleb never did one time, not ever, see how big the giants were. All he could see was how big his God was. I could see now, okay, Caleb, that's your land, but there's giants. That's all right. I remember the ten plagues. <laughs> I remember giants ain't nothing on Egypt. Uh-uh. I remember Pharaoh sinking in the Red Sea. I remember the firstborn dying. I remember darkness for three days. I remember when they had no answer and his own ungodly priest said, this is the finger of God. I remember the miracles of God. Who are those giants to stand in the way of much mind? Who are the giants to stand in the face of God all 
Almighty. I serve the living God. He was a mountain taker. Woo there was no task too big. There was no problem too demanding. There was, he wasn't scared of any giants. Why? Because he said it in his answer. He said, why? Because the Lord is with me. He placed his confidence in God and not his own ability. Caleb had proved his trust earlier and now again. He is basically saying, I'm going to take my mountain because God's with me. And I don't see all he's done. He'll do it again. That's the bottom line, church. We can only accomplish what God is willing to stand by and empower us to do. We can do nothing. That's why Zechariah 4, 6, it's not by might or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Caleb understood nothing could be done alone to get victory. It had to be God. But if it was God in it, then it was a different story. So he says, I will be able to drive them out. Everybody say, I'll drive them out. Everybody say, I'll drive them out. Watch what drive them out means, literally in the Hebrew. To occupy. In other words, they're occupying, but I'm about to occupy. That means when God gives us our Rehoboth, not only are we moving in, there's some devils moving out. You're not hearing me. That means Caleb said, I have a mountain, I'm going to take it, and guess what? Everybody on my land, what belongs to me, what God promised, is out. Everybody, y'all out. Your giants are out, your people are out, I'm kicking the dogs and cats out, everybody's going. To occupy, in other words, somebody else is moving in. To occupy, watch out, driving out previous tenants and possessing in their place. <laughs> to seize. Do you know what happens when something gets seized? You, it is not by choice for the other person. I'm seizing those funds out of the bank. To inherit, in other words, it is mine. Is anybody seeing this? Look, Caleb was tough, man. That was one tough joker. A tenderfoot will never take a mountain. But taking this mountain de demands grace and grit and gumption to believe God that through the power of the Holy Spirit we will receive our promise. He chose the mountain, watch this, and all the work that came with it. Here's where we get lost in the kingdom of God. We say, well, God will give it to me. And yes, he will. But, but miracles are always twofold. God does the miracle. But we have to walk in obedience and in conjunction with him. And what, what, here's what, God does what only he can do, but he expects us to do what we can do as well. So Caleb said, I'm taking my mountain, but don't worry, I know there's some issues there, I'll drive them out. Oh, I love that. We need to trade the spirit of that will do for the spirit of and then, and then some. Somebody say amen. Watch this. I'm almost done. Joshua 14, 13. So Joshua blessed him and gave. Everybody say gave. Hebron to Caleb. Does it belong to Caleb? Yes. The son of Yephunneh for an inheritance. Joshua gave him the land, but there were still giants in it. He still had to fight for what was rightfully his. Listen, nothing was just handed to him. All he had to go on was a word of promise. Genesis 15, watch this. 
So the Lord made a covenant with Abram that day and said, I have given this land. Everybody say, given this land to your descendants. So who did it belong to? Abraham's children, right? This is 400 years earlier. They all belong to you. All the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River. Watch this. The land now occupied by the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Riphites. Those are giants. Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. In other words, God said, hey, Abraham, all this land I've given to you, it's now occupied by ten groups of evil people, and you're going to have to drive them out. But don't worry, I'm with you. Caleb ends up driving them all out of Hebron. Hebron was literally Mount Hebron, and it was a beautiful area 19 miles south of Jerusalem. It was well watered. It was well wooded. For Caleb, what it meant for him was his promise. What is your promise? What is this mountain to you? What does Hebron represent to you? Because he believed, watch the impact on his family. And I'm almost done. And matter of fact, musicians, will you come? And, and Holly, get ready to sing something because we're going to worship God. We're going to worship God like we've got a promise from God. Amen. How many of you are ready to worship God like you've got a promise in your hand? Amen. How many of you are going to work? How many of you are ready to worship God like, man, there's some giants leaving your promised land? How many of you are ready to worship God like, God, give me this mountain? Watch what he said. Judges 1.15. Everybody look very closely on the LED screen. Did it again. Amen. She said to him, his daughter said to him, Give me a blessing since you have given me the land of Negev. Give me also springs of water. So Caleb gave her the upper springs and lower springs. In other words, his tenacity to take his mountain blessed his children and his ancestors. Joshua 14, 14 says it this way. Therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Yephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day, because he followed the Lord God of Israel wholly. What inheritance are you giving your family? What was the big deal about the springs of water? The springs he gave to his daughter are actually still in the modern day city of Debir to this day. In other words... What Caleb gave to his children lasted for generations and generations and generations. Your tenacity to worship and live for God with all your heart, mind, and soul will last your children and grandchildren for all of eternity. Hundreds of gallons of water per minute gush from these springs. The area around Debir is dry and barren Therefore, the person that possesses the water actually becomes the controller of the area. So they received the springs as a result of their father's faithfulness and a word of promise. I have a question. What if Caleb hadn't wholly followed the Lord? What if Caleb did not stand on a promise from God and say, give me this mountain? Is there any Caleb's in here? Are there any Caleb's that will come and find you a spot and say, God, I got a word of promise. I ain't giving up on my children or my grandchildren. I ain't giving up on my Rehoboth. 
Look, you done been with me this long. We done been in the wilderness long enough. We going on the other side. We done been through the tough times. Hang in there. We're going through the good times. We shall see the 20, 30, 50 saved on a Sunday.